0: Well, here's something that feels blasphemous to say. The Nashville Predators were one of the worst defensive teams in the NHL last season. So how do they fix that for 2023-2024? We'll talk about it today on the Locked on Predators podcast.
1: Your Locked on Predators. Your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked
0: On Predators podcast your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, want to give a shout out to the loyal Locked On Pred heads out there. You guys know who you are, the everydayers who tune into our show every single day. We appreciate the love and support you guys give us. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime.
1: You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com.
0: All right. Today's show, all about the D, Anne. All about the D. We're talking about the blue line of the Nashville Predators. For years, considered one of the best units in the NHL. You had guys like all the way back from Kimo Timonen to mm-hmm. Merrick Zelitsky to Shea Weber, Ryan Suter, Roman Yossi, Matias Eckholm, PK Suban, Ryan Ellis, all of these just legendary defensemen that made Nashville one of the toughest teams to score on, really, in, in the last 20 years in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why last year, uh some numbers Preds fans aren't quite used to seeing. Yeah, it was shocking. Nashville Predators wound up being one of the worst defensive teams in the NHL.
1: Yeah, at the end of the season press conference, one of the things that Barry Trotz and David Poyle talked about is your team has to have your best players playing their best. And like you said, Nashville Predators fans, we don't typically think about the defense. We're like, where's the number one center? You know, where's our finisher? You're focused on offense. And all of a sudden you realize that your best defensive players last season did not play their best. And it was was rough, y'all.
0: Yeah, so today we're going to talk about a couple of things. One, well, we're going to talk about what we think went wrong or what is going wrong. Uh, and we're going to talk about how to fix that, what the Predators should do to get their D back on track. I want to start, though, and with some stats. Mm. Let's go to Corsi Against per 60 minutes, which is basically shot attempts per 60 minutes. Nashville Predators ranked 30th in the nhl they were only better than the anaheim ducks and the columbus blue jackets the two worst teams in the nhl and they were just slightly uh behind the chicago blackhawks so the team that wound up sucking enough to get that number one pick <laughs> had a slightly better defense out phil predators You go through Corsi four percentage, which is kind of measures puck possession. Predators were 24th. So the other team had the puck uh, about 54% of the game Uh, expected goals against per 60. The the Preds ranked uh, 28th in the NHL and high danger chances uh, per 60 was 24th, which means they were the 24th best team. AKA the eighth worst team in the NHL at giving up really high danger chances. Uh, it, they cut for UC Soros. And because, you know, you look at the, the big other defensive stat is goals against per 60 minutes, and the Preds were 12th in the NHL. Mm-hmm. You put all that together, if, if the Preds don't have UC Soros, scratch it, if the Preds even have average goaltending, yes, just average goaltending. They are in contention for being one of the worst teams in the NHL last season. Maybe, you know, a more of a better chance of ending uh, up with Connor Bedard than they were one game out of the postseason, like they actually ended up.
1: Yeah. UC Soros is the Spanx of the Nashville Predators. He covers a multitude of sins. And you see this when you break down those defensive stats, like you talk about time of possession, allowing these high danger chances. Imagine what those numbers would be if you didn't have UC Soros and it's terrifying. And it's something the Nashville Predators are going to have to do whether they trade UC Soros or not. And hopefully they will not trade UC Soros, but imagine if they did and don't address these big issues that the defense faced last season, you're looking at a team that is so far beyond just a two year reset. They really have a lot of work that they would need to do without Soros and net. So thank you, UC Soros for smoothing out the lumps and bumps, but let's fix some of the problems. I think there's a
0: lot of people that are like kind of more of an angry. Thank you to UC Soros. Like, yeah, thank you. We'll we'll be sure to thank you as we're watching Connor Bedard score 120 points a year for our in division rival for the next 15 years.
1: Would you would I'm so curious about this. Would you rather have UC Soros not played well and gotten Connor Bedard?
0: I mean, what's what's I mean if you're gonna finish outside the playoffs, might as well, right? Although I
1: don't tank. We're not uh, yeah, no. first. I mean, although I will say that
0: I think the end of the season gave Preds fans a lot of confidence, gave some players a lot of confidence, I think gave people maybe a better idea of where they actually are as a franchise. So, you yeah, know, that's that's something positive yeah. to hang your hat on. Uh, let's talk about why we think this happened. And so what's what's maybe a main reason you look at and and, the reason behind these numbers, like what's something you look at and say like this, this right here is the reason the defense was so bad last year.
1: Uh, I think there's a number of factors. First of all, if you look just overall at the defense, most of the defenders did not have great seasons across the board. You know, of course, Roman Yossi was coming off of a record setting season in 21, 22 not that we necessarily thought he was going to repeat those numbers, but he was far from those. Of course, injured down the stretch in the season, yeah. but you know, Roman yeah. and,
0: and obviously, there's there's players like Carrier that missed some time, and you lost right. that goal for the last half. And but you know, even even before that, like even why why does defense struggle?
1: Yeah, even before that, this defense, regardless of games missed due to injury, this defense was not clicking. And it's strange because at the beginning of last season, the Predators were bringing in Ryan McDonough and you thought, okay, this is kind of a puzzle piece that's going to click these defensive pairings into place. And it didn't materialize. And it's like the defense couldn't find their mental footing after that. Like they just couldn't figure out the pieces when the Ekholm-McDonough marriage didn't work out, you know, on the blue line. And so I think there was just almost a, a sense before injury of, we don't know how to put this together. What we thought was going to work for defensive pairings. We don't know how to put this together. And then you add to that Roman Yossi not having his best season. You have Alexander Carrier, Dante Fabro were are coming off of really strong, promising seasons. And then this season, a little bit of wolf, even before the injuries, uh, so I just yeah. so much wasn't clicking with this blue line so much.
0: Yeah, I would say for me, you know, one of the biggest reasons, maybe the strategy of John Hines too. I mean, the Preds were kind of designed to be on their back foot. You know, it's you know, I think some people have called it you know almost like the turtle move mm, that's where it was where it was just, you know, that you the other team has possession. You kind of, you know, go back sort of like, you know, remember, like the trap from, uh, you know, the early 2000s, like the big neutral zone trap where you mm-hmm. basically just kind of had guys posting up and it's like, all right, try try to get past us. You know, it was like that, but just like a con- like a very condensed version. It was just like, we're going to just plug the, you know, plug the area around the net. There really wasn't anybody on their front foot. And what you saw was you had a team like Colorado or a team like Edmonton, a couple of these teams that just, you know, ran – you know, wild on the Preds this year. And they had this speed to break that because they just kept passing the puck around, moving in and out. Those big stay-at-home defensemen, you know, really weren't sure who to follow, who to chase. And then after a while, you know, just this minute or two of extended offensive zone pressure, finally that would break. They would have the speed to do enough to get a defenseman out of position, have somebody try to step up when they shouldn't. And get them to break, so that to me, you know, the Preds didn't have the speed to do uh what you need to do in in mm-hmm. the NHL. I think in this day and age, and there is certainly, I think, a place and time for it. You think back; we we talked about some of these bad defensive stats. One of these areas the Preds were really good at was the penalty kill. When yeah. you can do that, like you can right. do that a little bit. You can't park the bus, and you have players that are really good at parking the bus. But five on five in the NHL. That's not going to be sustainable to win you a lot of games. It might help you survive some games, which the Nashville Predators certainly did down the stretch, but it's not going to help you be the team that the Nashville Predators want to be.
1: Yeah, I agree. And speed, I think, is a huge thing the Predators are going to need to address. And I think also figuring out who are these defensemen and what role do you want them to play? Alexander Carrier, do you want him mixing up in the offense? Jeremy Lazan, do you want him dropping down into the play more? The Predators need to figure out what roles they have for some of these other players and fit the defense and fit them into the defense that they need.
0: Yeah. Uh, A couple of things to fix this. Uh, Some good ideas for uh, Andrew Burnett to take away. Maybe to improve the Predators' uh, defense next year. Maybe get them on the front foot a little bit more like he wants to we'll do that in just one second but first want to mention today's episode brought to you by ebay motors just ask the uh, vegas golden knights or denver nuggets they know that when you want to build a championship team you gotta make sure every player you bring in is a perfect fit well it's the exact same way when it comes to your car every part on that car needs to fit just right or it's not going to work out So, the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. All you have to do is add your uh, ride to the My Garage feature and look for the green checkmark to know that part will fit. And if it doesn't, your money gets back to you. And just... Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors, and with over 122 million different parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. eBay Guarantee Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Let's ride. All right, Dan. Let's talk about ways to fix this Nashville Predators defense. Number one, what is one big thing that you think the Nashville Predators need to do next season to get that defense back on track?
1: I think the first thing you have to do is get Roman Yossi back to being Roman Yossi. And again, I'm not necessarily talking about a hundred point season. I wouldn't turn it down, but I don't think that that's necessarily the benchmark, but I think you have to have somebody with Roman Yosi who allows him to do a little bit more of what he does. You know, his career season, he was partnered a lot of the time with Dante Fabro. Dante Fabro didn't really have that season with Roman Yosi or with anyone else, if we're being honest, God bless you. Uh, so I think that you need to find the right pairings. You need to to put somebody, especially starting with Roman Yossi, you need to put somebody in there who is going to be defensively responsible. But I also think you need to plug in that word you've mentioned several times, and I think it's got to be a defenseman with some speed, you know. And I'm not sure Dante Fabro is exactly flash when we're thinking about speed on the ice. So yeah. I, for me, you've got to get Roman Yossi the partner that he needs the success of this defense whether you like it or not so much of that revolves around effectively using Roman Yossi and
0: here's the thing like he has kind of evolved into this offensive defenseman like the Mm -hmm. Predators are really using him as kind of just an offensive guy it's funny he's playing like 25 minutes a night but it feels like he is the, the number one guy, you know, on the offensive side. So, like, they're not using him on the penalty kill or anything right. like that. Which, A, kind of makes you think, it's like, what what in the world do they, you know, where are these 25 minutes of night coming from? <laughs> He's the only player on the ice at five on five. What's going on here? Um, I would love to see him go back to maybe being used as, like, the fourth penalty killer a little bit more, getting some penalty killing time, Uh, maybe getting some more defensive zone starts. And that way you have an opportunity to not have to be on your back foot. You know, when you, when you start a guy like, you know, Ryan McDonough or Jeremy Lazan on in the defensive zone, you're like, okay, if they get the puck, like we need guys that are going to be out there and, you know, do that. I, I would like to maybe see them shift the mindset to, okay. If we get the puck, we now have an opportunity to have somebody create a breakout the other way. Yes. We have a little bit more of a quarterback. And that way, if you're Roman Yossi, you're playing defense by playing offense. Mm -hmm. And you're on the front foot a little bit more.
1: Yeah. They definitely need to work on kind of those kind of faster transitions, creating things from the defensive position. I absolutely agree. I wonder if... The Predators are feeling patient when it comes to improving the defense or if they're feeling pressure, because I think there's two different ways to maybe go about helping the defense. One is more long term. One is more short term. One is more of an investment. You know, one is is maybe more of a sure thing as you know, they would say in Pretty Woman, I'm a sure thing. But I, you know, part of me wonders if you want to invest some time into a pairing like Spencer Stasny and Adam Wilsby. We saw Spencer Stasny very briefly, only eight games. So I get it, folks. It's a small sample size. But you've got a player there. And one of the things we're talking about is speed. You've got one of the best skaters in the AHL. He came up. And I don't feel like the game was too fast or too complicated for Spencer Stasny in the window that we saw him. You know, Willsby and Stasny were a pair together. They were kind of a shutdown pair through the playoffs for the AHL. Are the Predators really that invested in a reset that they would be willing to invest the time in players who are maybe not quite NHL ready, but with some ice time maybe could get there? Or are they going to still develop them more in the AHL. I think that's a decision that Barry Trotz is going to have to make when it comes to the defense.
0: Yeah. We know David Poyle liked to kind of wait to the very last minute to bring some people out, you know, making sure they were overripe.
1: Yeah. Uh, Let him simmer. He's a simmerer.
0: Unless you're Dante Fabro, which boy, you kind (laughs) of screwed up that development there. Um, You know, you know, it's, it all comes down to what Barry Trotz thinks the Preds can do next season. Right. Like, does he look at UC Saros and it's like, okay, we can at least maybe sneak into the playoffs. Then maybe you're more aggressive at maybe moving some guys out, bringing some guys in, maybe being a little bit more patient with the youth, unless you really like Spencer Stassi, like he wins it. Mm-hmm. I, I think whatever you do, Anne, you need speed. Yes, and that's the number one thing. You look at. You know, with all due respect, the Predators have some really good, solid bottom line defenders.
1: Mm -hmm. They do.
0: But they have a lot of solid. A lot. A lot of solid bottom line defenders who are playing first pair, second pair minutes. And that's the problem. Like, you, like, let let me be clear. Like, you can absolutely use a guy like Jeremy Lazan and Dante Mm -hmm. Favreau. Guys like that, perfect for your team. You know, he's not the same guy he was years ago, but Ryan McDonough, you absolutely can still use him for the team. For sure. They're just not guys who are going to give you, you know, 20, 22 minutes of that just game changing top four defenseman pairing that you see in the NHL, like nowadays, like, you know, you look at the like Vegas Golden Knights and Alec Martinez and Shea Theodore and just how often, you know, Vegas controlled the puck. And, you know, you think of, you know, Alec Martinez as kind of this, you know, like mostly an offensive guy or a speedy scorer kind of guy. And he put in a lot of big defensive work there. Alex Petrangelo, big investment on that D-line, but he could kind of play both ends of the ice, he was comfortable doing that. You need guys that do that. And you don't need four Roman Yossis. Right. You really don't need four Roman Yossis or four Kale McCars. You just need somebody that, you know, honestly, like what Alex Carrier was two years ago. Yes. Like somebody, you know, if they score 30 points, that's great. If they score 25 points, that's fine. You just need them to play that style, to mm-hmm. skate fast, to be really smart in your own zone, and not make a ton of mistakes.
1: Do the Predators have that currently on their roster and they just had an off year, do you think? Do the Predators need to go out and get that or well, well, can let's the look, Predators have, develop it?
0: They have Roman Yossi. Amen. They have Tyson Berry, who I think historically I'm, has played that role perfectly. Yeah. And Alexander Carrier showed flashes of being that guy You know, two, three seasons ago. And I think a lot of people looked at him and I was like, yep, that's, that's a top that's four guy. guy. It's mm-hmm. just who else. And the other thing and and is when somebody gets hurt, when yep. there, when there is a hole in that blue line, who helps, mm-hmm. Like where does that outside help come from? So you need guys that you can you know kind of have step up and be that role. Like you need guys to be able to keep up with Nathan McKinnon, or Connor McDavid. And I know those are once in a lifetime players, but you need guys whose speed, you can at least match up with them a little bit. And you know, that that's, I think the, the Preds biggest problem right now, they don't have a lot of guys on that blue line outside of Roman Yossi that can just go toe to toe with some Mm -hmm. of these guys. And Roman Yossi, when he did go toe to toe, got beat a lot from that Colorado series onward.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a rough season. The Predators, I agree with you. They've got some depth pieces that you can plug in, you know, your bottom pairing. They've got plenty of options for that. Where are their top four guys? Where are they going to get them? Are they going to develop them? Do they have the time? Are they going to want to put the time in to develop them? You know, you talk about some of the defensive top draft picks in the draft. Can the Predators get one of those guys? And do they want to wait? They need – they, they got to fix this. It was bad, yeah. y'all. It was bad this season.
0: Yeah. Um, I would love to see – actually, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to phrase it like this. I'm going to ask you, Anne. Hmm. Would you like to see them maybe some shuffle some people out this summer and bring some new people back in? Or – think- or, yeah. you know, or or at the very least, shuffle some people out and give some, a, you know, AHL guys a try. Or would you like to say, OK, you know, we got to figure out a way to make these top six guys work? Mm.
1: I think you have players like Alexander Carrier and I would even say Dante Fabro, that I'm not sure can't become that. We've seen glimpses of it. But there's more work to do for them to consistently be the guys that you need them to be. So I almost hesitate to give up on somebody like Carrier or Fabro yet. On the other hand, if they don't turn into that, you're prolonging mediocre for the defense. And you're not going to get very far in the playoffs with that. Well, you you got
0: one – like one more year of Dante Fabro at least before yes. you know he his contract's up. Yeah. Um is carrier still he's an RFA. an RFA. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So he's an RFA. Yeah. I, I would be kind of surprised if that's the person on the defense the Preds move unless that's a, unless it's for, you know, getting a good piece back reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it comes down to me like you also got to figure out what you're going to do with Tyson Berry, but the bigger question is, what are you going to do with Ryan McDonough's contract, and what are you going to do with Jeremy Lazan's contract? Now, Jeremy Lazan's contract, two like three years left at, at two million. It's not as bad as the Ryan McDonough contract or anything right. like that, which is three years left at a lot, a lot, yeah, a lot more than what Jeremy Lazon a is a like. more than Lazan's making. Yeah um and there were whispers that they may ask him to move that no trade clause again you heard at the deadline last year that's that's my biggest thing is what are you going to do with those two contracts yeah especially in mcdonough because if if you're you know if, if you look at him and determine this is not a top four guy anymore or at least the way we want to play in the top four Mm -hmm. That's a big financial investment to kind of shoulder for for three more years.
1: It is. I would say, you know me and Ryan Patrick.
0: You're a big Ryan Patrick guy. I'm a huge
1: Ryan Patrick fan on and off the ice. The thing about Ryan McDonough is he does not have that speed. So if you are working to become a Colorado defense with some speed, Ryan McDonough is not a guy who's going to get you there. But I think defensively, he is extremely sound. I also think if you are going to decide to invest in some younger guys, you want Ryan McDonough in your locker room with young defensive players. So I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm good with RPM saying, I'm good with Ryan Patrick saying. But again, you come back to who, who goes. Who goes? and and is there anybody you look at, you know, the UFA defensemen that are out there. Is there anybody out there who is a little bit younger, who is got some speed that you can bring in? It's not even like there is a, a hot commodity defenseman that the predators could go after in free agency.
0: No, i think I think the matt dumba and uh john cleanberg who had a yeah. very very bad year last year uh those are the the top two defensive guys but i don't know if the nashville predators are going to want to throw money at either of them so
1: yeah yeah so i say keep keep ryan patrick don't pay those guys keep ryan patrick
0: <laughs> yeah i mean unless you want to bring up a younger guy i mean
1: how much do you think losing Matthias Ekholm hurt this defense? I'm just curious. Oh, I mean, hurt
0: hurt the defense spectacularly. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, I don't think there's anybody else on that left side, you know, after Roman Yossi that can really kind of, you know, anchor that side. And, and you yeah. know, you look at what he does in Edmonton, and not only is he, you know, a good puck possession guy, a good puck carrier guy, but you know, was that solid stay at home defenseman? You know, probably the best you know, at least metrics wise past couple of years, the Preds best two way guy. Yeah. You know, cause, cause he was counted on to play a lot of the defensive minutes. Um, it, it's interesting. Anne, and I know we, we talked about this earlier, but I want to end with this question. Do mm-hmm. you think we go back to seeing Roman Yossi kind of be that, that two way guy, you know, that guy that's, you know, like, let, let's like, here's here's a stat I found. Uh, looking at Roman Yossi's starts, uh, the year he won uh, the Norris Trophy, 52.9% uh, uh, of his starts were in the offensive zone, and 47.1% mm-hmm. were in the defensive zone. Uh, the last three years, which were the years under John Hines, he had a 64%, a 67%, and a 66% offensive zone start. So the Preds aren't even like using him on defense anymore. Like, he is, right. like, 100% the offensive guy. Yeah. Do you think that Andrew Burnett goes back to being, like, you're? we're playing you 50-50. Like, we need that defensive Roman Yossi back. Or do you think this is just kind of who Roman Yossi is going to be from here on out?
1: hmm I think that's a great question because you hate to give up what Roman Yossi brings offensively, but at some point in time, the Predators need to develop players who can take over some of that offensive responsibility and let Roman Yossi go back to being more defensively focused. I really think
0: that... But it's not even even, you're the offensive defenseman, you're the defensive defenseman. It's Mm -hmm. we need you to do both. Yeah, like, like that's like, do you think the Preds throw away the, the kind of offensive, defensive labels they, they put on some players under the John Hines era, like for Roman Yossi and go back towards just just wherever you are, know your role. Like, yeah. girl, like we're going to play you on offense, like you're going to be our power play guy. We're going to put you in the defensive zone and your job is to go win the puck and, and skate up ice. Do you think mm-hmm. the Preds do that with Roman
1: Yossi? I think they have to. Yeah. I think they have to. If, you know, if they want to get back to some success, if they kind of, and you want to always say Roman Yossi, go out and be Roman Yossi. But I think where the Predators are now, they kind of have to to settle some things like that, especially yeah. with Roman Yossi.
0: Yeah. And I can I, I will end with a hot take, Ann.
1: Ooh, you know, I love that.
0: You know, Roman Yossi had 96 points a year ago. Mm-hmm. Best scoring season in Nashville Predators history. I look back in his Norris season, that 2020 season, I, I think about some of those games. I saw what he did. And I still saw him put up a lot of points. Mm-hmm. To me, that was the peak Roman Yossi. That was when Roman Yossi yeah. was the biggest game changer, was that season.
1: Mm. more
0: so than the year he scored 96 points but in terms of actually having somebody that influenced the game on both ends of the ice that 2020 norris year was peak Roman Yosi, and that is who i would love to see him go back being
1: yeah yep i agree
0: yeah um let
1: us know your
0: thoughts and what you would like to do on the defense also one thing to point out uh, this week on Lockdown on Predators, we are doing a DIY trade segment. We are going to be soliciting your advice. If you were GM of the Nashville Predators, what is one trade that you would make this summer and why? Give us your thoughts. You can tweet us at LO underscore Predators, comment on our YouTube page, uh, you know, DM us, whatever you need to do to get those trade takes in. We'll have that later this week. And where can people find your work?
1: You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice.
0: You can find me at PenaltyBoxRadio.com or follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. That's going to do it for today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with an all new episode. We'll see you then.